I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. All right, what's up, guys and girls? This is Mark Kenyon of Wired to Hunt, and you are here for what I believe is our fifth episode of Wired to Hunt's Rut Radio. And with me is our producer, Spencer Newharth. How you doing, man? Good. Uh, excited to see the photos that you had from Ohio there. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my rut excitement finally turned on. I finally had something good happen during the rut um, and filled the tag in Ohio. So... That was exciting. I, uh, it's been kind of a grind this past three weeks or so. Really, since we started recording this little mini series, I've been hunting every single possible day I could, and uh, lots of close calls, as you know. But uh, just couldn't quite close a deal till uh, till this past Sunday. So, how good do you think the deer activity was there when when you were in Ohio? Because talking to my contacts this week it's like the best of times and it's the worst of times because <laughs> lockdown might be upon us what did you see in ohio yeah i would say that's that's what i was experiencing was that worst of times um it was deathly deathly slow um i hunted five full days um and four and a half of those days you know hunting the entire day every hour of the daylight was just dead. I mean, I was seeing like two deer a day, you know, in 12 hours, I'd see two total deer, three total deer, a spike, a forky, a yearling doe. Um, it was really, really tough. Um, no chasing, no real cruising. I think I saw, I saw two bucks that were two or three years old, maybe, um, off in the distance the first day and the second day. Um, and they were kind of cruising, I guess. But that was basically the extent of the running activity I saw until that very last night when I finally did see a buck on a doe and was able to call him in to my decoy, actually, and kill him over a decoy. So that was cool. Um, but it was one of the situations where you just had to just power through it, just grind through the slow times. And I just kept telling myself, it can change at any second. If you just stay out here, it's the rut. It can change anytime. And uh, finally it did. One thing that I didn't discuss at all with any of the contacts this week was the moon situation. We had the super moon here, um, and I'm curious if you noticed anything with that. You know, I, I went out hunting this morning, and we're past the super moon now, but the moon was so bright. Like, I had a definitive crisp shadow on the ground, and it was crazy. Like, it, it was really eye-opening that those deer could move all night super efficiently. Did you notice anything in Ohio that might have been moon-related? You know, I don't know. Um, 
I've heard so many different theories on the moon. You know, there's the there's the one theory that says during the full moon there's going to be less daylight movement because of what you just said because it's so bright at night. You know, they'll move more in the daylight and bed down, or they'll move more at night, bed down during the daylight. Then there's a lot of other guys who say that's complete hogwash. I mean, Mark Drury is one guy who says that's completely not true. He thinks that the very best movement every year or every month is around the full moon. The few days leading up to the full moon, he believes are going to be great for evening activity. The few days after the full moon, who believes are best for morning activity. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's uh, what's what, but I kind of try to pay attention to it to see if I can correlate any of my own observations to those kinds of theories. But at this point, I think um, I don't know if I necessarily have any real profound um I guess realizations. So I don't know. That maybe could have been why the movement was slow, but I think more likely it was just that lockdown period um, had really put a lot of those bigger deer down with does. Uh, there was some increased hunting pressure around our property too, um, different than other years that I wonder if maybe just had a general negative impact on deer movement. Um, so those are a couple of things that I think maybe influenced what I was seeing. But uh, from a lot of guys I'm hearing, it does seem like that lockdown is happening for a lot of people. And I think in that kind of situation, at least from my perspective, you need to go into those hunts knowing that it's going to be relatively slower than you'd like it to be during the rut. You know, There's going to be a lot of dead time. But like I said, it can change in a flash. I mean, those bucks are going to be coming off of does every once in a while, and they're going to be looking for new ones. And you just need to be out there and ready when that big boy does roll through. If you're too busy bumming out or playing on your cell phone or whatever, and you're not paying attention when that one opportunity does show up, well, then there goes your whole season or your trip or whatever it might be. So I think uh, my big takeaway for this time of year is just to try to stay focused, try to stay positive, because eventually good things should happen. Yeah, you know, the reports this week sounded very similar to, like, what we were hearing in, uh, I don't know, mid-October. You know, it can be great. Like, I think somebody told me it was a 9 or a 10, and then the next person told me it was, like, a 3 or 4. And so just got to be out there to know, I guess, and it it could switch at any time. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about you? What kind of rut activity have you seen in South Dakota? So I'm in the Black Hills right now, which is the very western part of South Dakota. It's it's very different whitetail hunting here because you're in, like, what is typical elk country. And so there's a lot of whitetails, but they do act slightly different. There's not much for agriculture here. And so the the food sources are sporadic and stuff like that. And sign making is sporadic. They don't do much for scrapes and rubs. Um, but the the bucks that I have been seeing have been chasing really hard. And I think with this cold front coming, uh, it's it's going to get really really good. And then I'm just imagining beyond that, it's going to like fall off the table, lockdown if if it's not already here. It's definitely this time of year, give or take a few days or a week or so around most parts of the country, you're going to start to see that kind of thing happening. Peak breeding tends to peak around this this part of the month for at least the northern half or two-thirds of the country. Yeah, uh, and, and you'll hear some of that on, on our podcast this week. We have a, a variety of reports, and we start off with Ron Spomer with Winchester's World of Whitetail, and he has a report from Idaho, and then John Arman of North Dakota with Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV, And then we go to Wisconsin and talk to Derek Nelson from Matthews Archery. And then we have Matt Drury in Missouri from Drury Outdoors. Nice. All right. Well, uh, should we we quit beating around the bush and just get to these rut reports? 
Yeah, definitely. Between you and uh, a couple of our contacts this week, there was a lot of inches of antler that hit the ground. Nice. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. All right. Have a good one, Mark. You too. But quickly, before we get to our first update, as all Wired to Hunt podcasts are, this episode is brought to you by Sitka Gear. If you'd like to learn more about Sitka Gear's technical hunting apparel, you can visit sitkagear.com. And now, on to the show. All right, and joining me on the line first is Ron Spomer, freelance writer and photographer, and you can find his work at ronspomeroutdoors.com. Ron, is that address correct? Yeah, that's it, ronspomeroutdoors.com. They can also find my YouTube channel. Just look for Ron Spomer Outdoors on YouTube. And if they look up phone apps, I've got one called Everything Whitetail. And it is literally everything about whitetails, firearms, recoil levels, trajectory, ballistics, you name it. If a whitetail hunter needs it, it's in there. Sure. Well, here's something, whitetails, that we have not talked about yet in the podcast, and that's the the very western whitetails, like in Idaho. So on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say the buck activity has been there recently? Boy, you know, it was a little bit slow. The weather's been extraordinarily warm, haven't even had a frost yet. So I observed two bucks showing some roading activity one was a good three-year-old four by four and he gave the bums rush to a couple of does pushed him out of some cover and then lip curled so he was trying but kind of expect that from a younger buck the older buck i saw and this was a good four to five-year-old buck from what i could tell had him in the spotting scope at pretty high power he was a five by five with an extra point off of one time so it was a beautiful 150 to 160 class buck and he was not showing any interest in the does. There was a doe close to him with a fawn, and he was just browsing a little bit, snooping around. Now, he may have been working that doe in some brush before I saw him. I had for about a minute in an opening at about 900 yards, and then he disappeared into the brush and never came out again all morning, and there were does in the area. So I'm thinking if he'd have been rutting, he'd have been after those does. So would you say the rut is a, a little bit later than this year? Yeah, you know, the, the rut's always determined by the sun, but I think it gets influenced by a few days based on the temperature. Yeah, I'm not one of the guys who says, well, I'm waiting for a cool snap for the rut to start, because that's just set off by the, by the sun and the daylight hours. So around the 10th through the 15th of November is when I usually see the bucks enter the chase phase, when that first doe comes into heat and they really start getting after them. Then the main breeding, I think, happens from about the 15th through Thanksgiving. And after that, it starts to taper off pretty quickly. And, so they could break any time. Sure. And so are you still seeing some sign making? And, you know, are they still active with scrapes and rubs right now or not? I don't know. I never saw a single scrape or rub. It's not unusual where I hunt. Um, these Idaho mountain deer are not as, quite as traditional as uh, down-home deer uh, you're used to in the Plain States, for instance, in the Midwest, they will often migrate several river valleys in the winter. They'll come off the mountains and they'll cross a valley. They'll go up the next mountain, drop into the next valley. So and that usually happens when the snow hits during the rut. So even if they scrape, they might not be in their territory to do anything about that scrape. So I'm generally just glass hunting as if I were looking at mule deer. I'm not really paying it that much attention to signs. But along the logging roads and things where I was hiking, and I was doing about three miles a day down in these canyons, I never saw a single rub or a single scrape. 
And so if you don't get that traditional sign making, what about for your traditional calling, your grunting, rattling, stuff like that? Is is that in play in Idaho? Yeah, I've had good luck rattling bucks up here, grunting and all the rest of them. It's just you can't depend on territorial signs necessarily to locate them. Now, there probably is some on the other side of the canyon where this really big buck was because it was a really dense cover area, and I see big bucks over there every year. I've been hunting this place for about five or six years, and I know it's a good hot area, but it's a real difficult place to get into because it's so steep and rocky all around it. You have to make a major climb down one side of the canyon, 500 feet to the bottom, cross a creek, and then go up the other side almost to the top. So I don't go over there unless I've really got a feeling I can get a drop on a buck because the cover is so thick. So I usually wait until that rut's broke. Uh, if I were going out there this weekend, I would cross over there and rattle on it, but I could get that guy in. I could have probably gotten him this weekend with a rattle because he's looking for something to do and the doe weren't ready yet. But I didn't have enough time to cross that canyon. I had to get out of there. My hunt was over in two hours. So it would have taken me three hours just to get to him. Sure, and so it, it sounds like you think the best hunting is yet to come in that area. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think the buck activity will be there in this coming week? Boy, I think by this weekend it's going to be pushing 9. I, I would be surprised if it wasn't. I would definitely get up there to hunt if I weren't having to go to Nebraska for another hunt right now. <laughs> sure, well, I, uh, I hope you can get back there in time and maybe catch some of that action. So thanks for joining me on the phone, Ron. Hey, my pleasure. Good luck with your hunt. And joining us on the line next is John Arman of Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV. Now, John, I've seen on the Facebook page, your team has had an incredible last week. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think the buck activity has been then? And would you tell us about those hunts? Yeah, I would say that, you know, we have, we were hunting um, South Central North Dakota. And on our place, um, I would say our buck activity was probably a 7 um, to a, a nine. Um, we have our place consists of big draws, um, some river bottoms, and it seems even with the uh, above average temperature, um, our bucks were cruising pretty much all day long. And uh, my other team member who was east about 200 miles um, on some flat ground would probably put his buck activity at a two. Um, he said it's probably the worst he's ever seen um, the rut activity. He said the a few smaller bucks that were um, sniffing around, but all the big boys he had on camera, he was still getting on camera, but um, he wasn't seeing any rut activity whatsoever. Um, the deer, he ended up taking um, 150-inch 5x5, um, five five, um, was actually chasing a doe, and that's how he killed it. But he said it was kind of slow um, out east. And so... You saying it's, you know, like a nine and your buddy saying it's a two. What do you think the big difference is there on, on why the such a great variation? You know, the only thing I can think of is that, you know, we're fortunate where we, the property we have, we have these draws that um, they kind of intertwine and connect. Um, so these deer can, you know, it seems like they're just cruising those areas um, and they feel pretty safe because they'll cross from draw to draw, but it's not. Um, a long stretch of open country and where he's at he's pretty much flatland where it is just um, bare ground cropland and some sloughs and I you know he said unless it gets super um, wound up he said you just don't see a lot of the deer and he just said it was one of those things he said 
he can't really explain. It's just one of those um, times that the activity um, was not good for him. And I was expecting him to tag out right away because of he had four or five mature deer on camera that were on daylight hours. And, um, again, for us, we, we got lucky. We killed two deer that we have not had on camera. Um, one of them we haven't had on camera since last December. And um, we killed them both in the same area on a river bottom um, where they can kind of cruise um, the one stretch of woods that we have that's, um, you know, kind of a bigger chunk. And we got both of them in the same area, probably within um, a couple hundred yards of each other. And so hunting more of your stereotypical pasture land, like it sounds like that you're in, what techniques are you using there this time of year? Are you doing any calling? Are you hunting over any sign? Uh, What's going on there? Well, for us, what we do is we sit on vantage points and just in areas that we've been hunting this piece of property, ours, um, you know, for 25, 30 years. And we know um, the food sources and the deer going out um, in the evenings and going to these food sources and then they come back in pretty much in the same areas. And because we have these big draws, um, we just sit vantage points and we're just looking for bucks cruising. And, um, and then sometimes we'll catch them, even if they're locked down, we're able to spot them and, uh, make our move on them. And the other gentleman, um, out East where it's really flat land, um, kind of doing the same thing, hunting some food sources, and they can do a little bit more calling and rattling. Um, but again, he didn't have a lot of success out there with that. But um, the report, I just talked to a buddy of mine, um, another team member who's um, in between, you know, he's probably 150 miles east of us, and he said that yesterday that it seemed like the rut activity for him just turned on. And they were struggling the first week and a half also. And so what about going forward here in this next week or so? What do you think the buck activity is going to be then on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, I think it's going to – I think um, – I'm hoping we're going to be at a 10 because we have a cold snap coming in. It's supposed to drop um, on Thursday evening um, all weekend. We have a chance of snow, and there's a front coming through. And um, I think that could, um, you know, heat things up quite a bit just given these – um, these deer, you know, the conditions they like a little colder so they can be going all day long. And from the activity that we've had, it's been on a steady incline. And for them guys out east where it's been pretty dead, but now they have um, bumped it up a notch. They're thinking that they're going to be hitting it just right for the last weekend of the season for a rifle. Well, congrats on the awesome last week you've had, John, 450 inches of antler between three guys. That's uh, that's an incredible week of hunting. So we'll stay in touch, and, and thanks for your time. All right, buddy. Thank you, and good luck to you guys. All right, and joining us on the line next is Derek Nelson, the content manager for Matthews Archery. Now, Derek, in Wisconsin, what would you say the buck activity has been there on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, I would have to put it at about a 6. Um, as of, as of lately, kind of the consensus, I've been talking to a lot of the guys, you know, at HQ who've been hitting it really hard lately and, um, you know, sitting all day and really not seeing mature deer on their feet. Um, for the most part, there's been, you know, a good number of people who are still getting nighttime photos of deer and seeing some younger bucks cruising during the day. But, um, for the most part, it's been a a slower rut. Um, it kind of seems like across the board for a lot of the guys. 
And so do you think that we're in lockdown right now or are we coming up on that yet? It certainly seems like it. Um, you know, just the fact that, you know, when people are seeing big deer, they're seeing them like tending a doe and really not, not moving around much. Um, and you know, that's obviously affecting, you know, it's what a lot of the reason why people aren't seeing them moving around, you know, when they, when they do see them, they're, they're pretty stationary and staying in a pretty small core area with a doe. And, you know, the bucks that we are seeing are the small ones kind of bouncing around trying to pick some off. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty tough. Right. And and in that area, uh, you know, if you think we are in the lockdown phase, like right now, how aggressive are guys? Are they still going after these bucks hard or are they uh, taking a break for a little bit and waiting for gun season to open? Um, yeah, I mean, most, obviously the most of the guys that I'm, you know, I'm tight with and work with are pretty aggressive and are trying to be, get out there and fill this tag before gun season hits. Um, you know, in Wisconsin, we've got one of the, like, like the nation's largest militia on opening day of rifle season. So a lot of people are still trying to get that tag filled before kind of the masses come out and, you know, a lot of good deer end up getting shot. Um, but a lot of people, um, you know, that I've been tight with are really trying to hunt right as, as close as they can get to some doe bedding areas to, you know, kind of up their chances of catching one of those, those, you know, mature bucks that's locked down with a doe in those areas. And, um, you know, we've, we've had a, a couple of guys have encounters, but it's definitely been down this year kind of across the board. Right, and so if the the buck activity is down right now, does the sign making show that? Like, are the scrapes still active, and are you still seeing rubs that are getting hit right now? Um, a lot of the scrapes that have been pretty active for, um, you know, for most of the year have seemed to shut down in the last, you know, week and a half to two weeks, um, from what I've seen. Um, you know, I had a one of my one of my good buddies had, you know a scrape that he had like consistent mature deer on, um, you know, up until, like I said, a week and a half ago, and they've kind of disappeared in the last couple of weeks. He's had a few, a few bucks show up that he hadn't, you know, hasn't really seen at all the whole season. Um, and, you know, just been cruising through, which is expected for the rut. You know, that kind of always happens. You have, you have deer pop up that you've never seen before, but um, most of the scrape activity, and, you know, rub activities kind of simmered down in the last week. They've kind of, you know, shifted to hot does. There's so many does and esters at this point in time that they don't, you know, kind of scrapes have lost their importance um, in a lot of instances. So it's definitely slowed down um, and stopped really counting on being able to hunt a scrape line, um, you know, picking up those deer cruising. So Sure. And so you guys who are, you know, pure archery coming up on gun season here, how do your tactics then change? And, what do you see the buck activity you do then? Um, well, it definitely, it definitely gets harder. Um, you know, if you, you know, we've been experiencing that most of the mature deer are still seeming to move, you know, pretty nocturnally, um, even as of now. And that's only going to get obviously worse when pressure, you know, like goes up exponentially in the next week. Um, and most of us guys will be out, you know, like I said, on the first day of gun season with our bows, still trying to make it happen, which obviously stacks the odds not in our favor, but, um, you know, just kind of what we love to do. And, you know, every now and then it comes together. So um, trying to play pressure, there's a, there's a, you know, a handful of us who will, you know, have, have private pieces that we'll still be able to stay on, you know, when gun season opens, a few people who, 
have properties that other people gun hunt and they have to get off of. And then a few others who, you know, try to hunt public land, um, you know, in Wisconsin on the rifle opener, which always gets a little bit shady, but, you know, can also come up with some pretty good stories. So um, trying to just get where people aren't going to be on this first weekend is going to be kind of the key and, you know, switching up strategies, knowing where people are going to be moving into and where those deer are going to try to get away from them is where, you know, we're going to try to be. Yeah, so. and so with that said, what do you think the buck activity is going to be in this coming week on a scale of like 1 to 10? Um, I would definitely say it would it would go up. I'd, I'd be thinking we're going to be around, you know, an 8 this coming weekend, just, um, you know, knowing A, with this time of year, and B, we're getting a, a big cold front that's supposed to hit, you know, on Saturday, which is the opener up here, um, which I think is going to get a lot of bucks up on their feet. Deer are going to be moving around, and it's. I think we're going to see a lot of deer killed this weekend up in Wisconsin. All right, well, I'll be following along in Matthew's Facebook page and hope to see what kind of damage those new 2017 bows can do. Thanks, Derek. Yep, have a good one, Spencer. Appreciate it. All right, and joining us on the line next is Matt Drury, the general manager of Drury Outdoors. Now, Matt, in Missouri, what would you say the buck activity has been there on a scale of 1 to 10? I think I think it's two things you're looking at. If you're looking for the mature buck activity, I think it's it's pretty low the last few days, this past, you know, the past weekend, three, four, because uh, they're locked down. Uh, I saw a lot. I was at Dad's this weekend hunting. I saw a ton of great movement. Uh, but it was mostly younger bucks, the most, you know, mature bucks being three. Um, so um, I think the mature bucks had already locked down. They were with their does, and it was very tough hunting. That being said, I, I did catch uh, an old bruiser uh, looking for a new, uh, you know, the next available doe Sunday morning and, and, and had a good opportunity and put a good shot on him and and got to wrap my tag around him. But that being said, I think this next cold front coming up um, here in the next few days, probably three, four days, I think it could get really, really good. I'm saying maybe a seven, eight uh, for buck activity, mature buck activity, because they're getting ready to, you know, they're, they're finishing up with their, their first doe and they're going to go start looking for their second doe. So uh, I think it could get really good with that cold front. That's kind of going through the Midwest coming up. Yeah, if we are in lockdown right now, then what kind of techniques are you guys using hunting-wise? What, you know, what areas are you in? Are you doing any calling, mornings or evenings? Yeah, so I was sitting, now, over the weekend, it got really cold this past weekend. It was the first and second frost that we had in the, in the Kirksville area in Missouri. And so we were sitting close to food sources, beans specifically standing beans and that drew every doe in that area to that food plot to those you know those food plots and from there i think it drugged the you know the, the bucks out because they were just going where the does were and i mean i did see chasing and, and all that good stuff and actually we filmed two breeding encounters in two days so it shows you what phase they were in but it was so cold over that two-day period and it, and it warmed up since but that two-day period was so cold all the does went out to those bean fields um i had sat one other sit uh was it a morning sit i'm trying to think back i think it was a morning sit um where i sat next to a pond and the theory there is hey if the if the bucks are chasing 
you know, all day, all night, more so than food, they need water. And sure enough, we had a, a, a nice three-year-old come to the pond and, and drink for a while. And I mean, we got good footage of that. So in theory, that was, you know, that was working. Calling didn't work whatsoever. They could care less. For, for me, in my personal experience the last few days, they couldn't care less about calling. Um, that being said, I think coming up in the next few days, especially with that cold front, and if they're looking for the next doe, rattling specifically will be the ticket because they're going to want to go and look and search out what's going on. You know, why are why are the bucks fighting? And the, the other mature bucks are going to want to come in and, and see, especially if they're looking for a doe. So uh, rattling coming up could be a good tactic. So if you think calling uh, will help coming up here, what about hunting around sign? Do you think scrapes and rubs are, are going to start getting hit again mm-hmm. or not? Yeah, I do. I think check your cameras, you know, leading into that cold front. I think scrapes are getting ready to get hot again. And that for me, they had cooled off pretty badly on my lease, but I think you're going to see them start picking back up as the bucks are looking for their next, you know, next doe. They're, they're kind of asserting their dominance in the area. So I, I think scrapes will be good again. Sure. And so, how long do you think lockdown is going to last for? And going forward on a scale of one to ten, what do you think that buck activity is going to be in these next couple of days? Well, for you know the show thirteen that that Mark and Terry and 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 us here at Drury Outdoors that we've come up with the date range, you know, it varies a little bit. But for us, we had the date of lockdown, the date range. It, this is not a science by any means. I mean, this is based on our visual, you know, what we've noticed over the years, and specifically what Mark and Dad have noticed, but. We had it ending yesterday, actually, today being a new, a new, the new phase. Um, so I'd say, you know, like I said, check your cameras, but any day here, uh, I think lockdown's getting ready to end because they're going to get on their feet. And you're going to see some of your best outside of Buck Parade, which is right before lockdown. I think this coming up, this period in the next few days, especially that cold front, you're going to see a lot of midday movement from, from Bucks. You're going to see a lot of daylight activity. So I wouldn't be afraid to sit you know, some long hours uh, in the coming days. Right. Well, that's some exciting intel, Matt, and congrats on the awesome deer. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. And that concludes this week's episode of Wired to Hunt's Rut Radio. Make sure you follow Wired to Hunt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Spencer Newharth. Good luck with your mid-November hunts, and thanks for listening. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.